Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Tuesday, December the 15th, 2020. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about UK's new offensive coordinator for football, and that is Liam Cohen. Mark Stoops made the announcement today that Liam Cohen, who is currently the assistant quarterbacks coach with the Los Angeles Rams, will be his new offensive coordinator. And that's what's going to be the subject of this podcast. First, I talked with Kevin Modesti of the Los Angeles Daily News, who covers the Rams. I talked to Kevin about the Rams offense, about Sean McVay's philosophy uh, as the Rams head coach who runs the offense, and what we might see uh, from the Kentucky offense in 2021 by taking a look at what the Rams are doing uh, currently. And the Rams are having a good season. They're 9-4 and four, uh, with three weeks to go in the NFL season. Um, then after that, you're going to hear from Liam himself. We had a Zoom session this afternoon with Liam Cohen uh, there in Los Angeles uh, with the local media here in Kentucky. He answered questions, and we got a pretty good idea of Cohen. He's a young guy. He's 35. I thought he was uh, good on the Zoom call, and and I think it's a good hire. I wrote a column uh, that you can find on Kentucky.com. But first, we're going to talk with Kevin Modesti of the Los Angeles Daily News, and then after that, you're going to hear from Liam Cohen himself here on the John Clay Podcast. Okay, my guest on the podcast is Kevin Modesti of the Los Angeles Daily News, who covers the Rams. Uh, Kentucky is expected to announce uh, Liam Cohen, the Rams assistant quarterbacks coach, is going to be the new offensive coordinator. So I wanted to talk to Kevin about the Rams, about their offense. How you doing, Kevin? I'm good. Good to talk with you, John. Now, people in Kentucky may know Kevin's name from uh, from a few years back when he used to cover horse racing. Uh, how long did you cover horse racing, Kevin? Well, I did. Uh, let's measure it in Kentucky derbies. I, I, I covered 16 or 17 Kentucky derbies and then wow. a bunch of Breeders' Cups, including, you know, some some great ones at uh, at Churchill Downs. So uh, very fond of your part of the country. Wow, that's well, that's good. Well, uh, Kevin's done a little bit of everything. He did sports, horse racing. Then he got in. You got on the politics side. You're also mm-hmm. on the editorial board there. Now you're back in sports. Uh, I always, I don't know, it's a little off the subject. With all the things going on in politics now, I always, uh, whether it's Trump or somebody else, I tell my wife, you know, this is, he's. they sound like coaches to me. They want to control the message. They, they're not above telling you a fib or two if it, does, if it suits their purpose. Did you find that true in politics as well? Yeah, that's absolutely so. I mean, sadly, I think uh, <laughs> politics has become a little like sports. Um in that everybody, uh, well, we ought to be, you know, walking around wearing red or blue jerseys. Right. <laughs> we're so, we're so for our teams now, and uh, you know, uh, um, yeah, there are there are many similarities, uh, and maybe more similarities than uh, than we care to admit yeah. between yeah. between the two enterprises. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good thing. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay, well, let's let's talk about the Rams. Uh, you know, we assume that what Mark Stoops was looking for is uh, that he likes the Rams' offense and what they do and what Sean McVay does uh, in hiring Liam Cohen. Uh, how would you describe the Rams' offense? What sticks out to you about the offense that Sean McVay has run, which has obviously been successful since he uh, since he became the coach of the Rams? Yeah, well, you're right, and uh, you know, I mean, the, the Rams' offense and Sean McVay are are pretty much synonymous. Um, you know, it's interesting that uh, uh, McVay hired an offensive coordinator um, in name this season, uh, Kevin O'Connell, but McVay is really the offensive coordinator, and O'Connell is kind of a quarterbacks coach. So, and, and there is no official quarterbacks coach Liam Cohen is an assistant quarterbacks coach without an actual quarterback. Is that right? Wow. All of it kind of underscores that, that this is about McVay. Um, but he's all, you know, Sean is also very collaborative, um, a big booster of all of his assistants. Um, and so, uh, you know, Kentucky is hoping to have hired a, a, a chip off, uh, Sean McVay, uh, I have no doubt that, that somebody like Liam Cohen has learned what there is to learn. Um, you know, in some ways, it's a traditional offense that uh, certainly requires a good running game to set up the passing game. They uh, they, they talk about striving for balance. Um, they use a lot of two tight end sets. They use a lot of motion. Um 
they uh, a lot of a lot of play action. Uh, Jared Goff happens to to throw really well on the run. Um, they roll him out a lot. Um, the, 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 they haven't been throwing deep a lot this season, which has been a, a point of discussion quite a bit. Uh, but they do use the wide receivers in jet sweeps a lot. Um, uh, you know, it's an offense that took the league by storm in 2017 when McVay uh, took over and then uh, well into 2018, uh, you know, I think they were still ahead of the league and then inevitably the league caught up a little bit. Um, first the Chicago bears kind of found how to found the antidote, I guess, to, to Sean McVay's offense. And then we really saw it in the Super Bowl. Uh, after the 2018 season, the Patriots shut them down, held them to a field goal. Uh, and that has meant that McVeigh's had to sort of have, you know, 2.0, um, a reinvention and a, a constant adjustment. Um, and so I think this season has probably been a lesson for McVeigh and for people like Liam Cohen around him uh, in, 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 in a weekly uh, kind of reassessment and readjustment. Um, they went into this season having uh, having having uh, released Todd Gurley uh, and started over at running back with with a, a free band committee, um, and they really had to feel their way with um, the, uh, the the eventual emergence of their top top draft pick Cam Akers, um, who had a huge game last Thursday, um, but has taken time to learn basically what to do when he doesn't have the ball, <laughs> how to be a complete running back. Um, so it may be that, uh, that, that all the tinkering has uh, given them a, uh, a playoff caliber balanced offense with a complete running game as they're now on the verge of clinching a playoff spot. Um, you know, mind you, this is a team whose improvement from last year is based on the improvement of the defense. Right. It's the defense-oriented game. Um, so, uh, it, uh, you know, I think on offense, it's been about balance. It's about taking care of the ball when they're at their best, and and and, and pretty glaring failures in that regard when they uh, when when they've dropped a few. But uh, um, it. Uh, yeah, um, I think I think McVeigh is has been vindicated by people who thought, well, the league is caught up, uh, and uh, and he won't get back ahead of the league. I think he's, uh, you know, he's, he's able to do that. Yeah, it, what, and the things that I have read and and uh, you know what I know about the Rams' offense, one of the things about McVeigh's offense, they kind of point out that he a lot of times he'll run the uh, lineup in the same formation or a similar formation, but he can run 10, 20 different plays out of that formation. Is that an accurate uh, description? I think that's true. And, and, and uh, sometimes you hear the reverse that really? they show a lot, you know, a lot of different things, a lot of different motion before the snap and then wind up running <laughs> the same, the same play. to the same effect. Yeah. I suppose you're trying to confuse a defense. Is it more of a is it more of a zone running scheme or a gap run scheme? Uh, I, I, well, b- both. He's uh, yeah. I, I think um, depending on the guy. I mean, they've had uh, with their three running backs, uh, they have slightly different skills. If it's if it's Cam Akers, I think they're trying to get him outside. Um, you know, as they used to with uh, with Todd Gurley when when Todd Gurley was fully healthy. Yeah. What about uh, the, uh, you know, Mark Stoops, what you mentioned about the really the foundation of the run game. I mean, ever since Mark has been here, he's a former defensive coordinator. He has preached that he wanted a physical team and a strong running game, Uh, but he wants to play complementary football. He wants the, he's, although he's had actually, he had an air raid guy for one year and that didn't really work out all that well. He's not really in favor of somebody who's going to throw it 50 or 60 times a game. He wants somebody who's going to, who's going to have a strong running game, but can also throw the ball. And that was kind of the downfall that's been the last couple of years. They haven't been able to throw the ball. Uh, Do you think that the Rams offense fits in with that sort of philosophy? 
Yeah, I mean, we hear a lot from McVay about uh, about complementary football. Um, and I think what that's come to mean is that as the defense has become the identity of the team, the job of the offense has been just to score enough <laughs> to, to, uh, to, win to, the game. to win and don't blow it. You know, yeah. uh, Rams had a couple of games uh, uh, where Jared Goff was turning it over three, four times. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and you just can't do that if you are in position to win with defense. So, um, the, uh, I mean, they, I think they threw for 130 yards or something against New England while Cam Akers was running for 171. And three weeks earlier, they won another big game against Tampa Bay uh, with Goff throwing, uh, you know, throwing a lot and uh, the two wide receivers both over 130 yards so um it's a very different uh you know, I, I i do think they could they sort of scope out what they think they need to score to win and uh and, and and they set out to get to that mark speaking of jared goff i know you know obviously the super bowl year he had a big year i think most people thought he kind of tailed off some last year how has he played this year and what have you seen in his development when they uh, brought in Kevin O'Connell as the uh, nominal offensive coordinator and sort of quarterback whisperer, um, he and Goff worked a lot in the offseason about footwork, uh, throwing fundamentals, kind of kind of breaking him down and trying to build him back up again, uh, trying to make him more mobile. He's not fast, but uh, uh, although um, – Sean McVay's favorite stat right now is that Jared Goff has as many rushing touchdowns as Lamar Jackson really? or did, did going into last night. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was going to say it might change. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, but those are dives and, and sneaks, you know, um, but uh, it, and, and the early, the early season was great for Goff. Uh, I mean, every, every opening series, he, He'd, he'd be perfect and um and and then he, he in the middle of the season he hit this rough patch uh four turnovers in a in a half against miami uh, three turnovers against san francisco um and uh, so he, he's he's been up and down i, I think the, the the conventional wisdom or my wisdom is he hasn't proven he's the kind of quarterback who will win you a game um but you know he's he's not the but 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 you know without calling him a game manager or something I mean he he'll play that complimentary football mm-hmm. uh, pretty well he's he's not the he's you know, I don't think he's overall he's not the problem but he's not always the solution either um, so it, it, it's interesting he's in his fifth year but they still talk about him as a uh, uh you know a developing product right right uh one last question before i let you go of course you know everybody would like to hire sean McVay, and it seems like a lot of people have tried to hire uh you know a sean McVay type uh whether it's the bengals up the road here with zach taylor and that hasn't worked out too well but there are other guys who have come kind of from that same uh mike shanahan kyle shanahan even uh I think you could even go with uh, figure Gary Kubiak into that with the Kevin Stefanski, the success he's had with the Browns and Matt LaFleur with the Packers, another Shanahan guy. Um, what about his assistants? Uh, you said it's a collaborative effort. Uh, if you hire a Sean McVay assistant, obviously you're not getting Sean McVay, but do you think you're getting someone who can, you know, who is well-trained to take over uh, a job like being an offensive coordinator in the SEC? I think so. I mean, you know, McVeigh uh, comes from the the Mike Shanahan tree, also the John Gruden tree uh, early on. Um, and you mentioned Matt Lafleur and, and Zach Taylor. Uh, you know, knowing how reverential McVeigh is about the coaching profession, and as I said earlier, you know how much he goes out of his way to praise his assistants. Um, you know, I think he's very conscious of passing it along 
uh, you know, uh, paying it forward and, uh, and, and making sure they benefit as he benefited from his early experience for a 34 year old coach. Right. <laughs> McKay is, right. To, oh, to have two, uh, two head coaches already, uh, falling from his tree and, uh, uh, and now, obviously, a pretty important hire for uh, for an important program. That's uh, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, th- I I absolutely see McVeigh as somebody who, if he keeps doing this for a lot of years, is 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 going to have a uh, a mighty oak or whatever the uh, <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right from the tree. Yeah. Well, Kentucky fans sure hope that's true. <laughs> they certainly hope that's true. Well, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be watching. Uh, uh, be uh, be fun to see. Yeah, it will be. It will be. It's a it's kind of a different way, different way for him to go. I know. Uh, uh, obviously, a couple of years ago, uh, well, last year, LSU had great success with Joe Brady that they hired uh, with the NFL background, and then uh, look what happened to them. I don't think people are expecting Kentucky to have a repeat of the same, but they found success in that. So uh, I'm sure at least uh, uh, Mark Stoops is hoping for the same sort of thing. So, well, Kevin, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I really appreciate you uh, uh, giving your insight about the Rams and about the, their offense. Uh, tell the listeners how they can find your uh, work online to keep up with the Rams and how they're doing the rest of the, rest of the season and on into the playoffs. Well, thank you. I, uh, uh, I, I cover uh, for the Southern California News Group of 11 papers, and I'll give you the uh, – the web addresses of, I guess, the, the two biggest papers. Uh, uh, Los Angeles Daily News is just dailynews.com. And the uh, Orange County Register is ocregister.com. And uh, just click on Rams uh, there. And, uh, and then on Twitter, I'm at Kevin Modesti. Uh, as simple as that. Well, great. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you very much. And uh, maybe you'll make it back to Kentucky for some horse racing uh, sometime down the line. I will look forward to that, absolutely. Good to talk with you, John. Thank you for thinking of me. Well, good to talk to you. Thanks for appreciate you doing it. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. Okay, thanks to Kevin for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Next up, you're going to get to hear from Liam himself. Next up will be UK's new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen. First of all, guys, I'd like to thank the Rams organization, you know, first and foremost, the current, current coaches, players, uh, for all their support throughout this process. Uh, the Rams are a world-class organization. Uh, I've been blessed to work here for three years, starting in 2018, and, and went to a Super Bowl in our, in our first year here, and, and that was just such an amazing experience. Uh, my job's not done here yet. Uh, we've got a lot of games to win, hopefully get on to another Super Bowl, uh, but just such a great experience I've had here so far. Especially want to thank Coach Sean McVay. Uh, giving me an opportunity to coach at this level and, and to learn under his leadership and, and expertise has just been such an unbelievable opportunity for me. Uh, he's the best coach in the NFL, hands down, I believe, and, and I owe him so much. Uh, finally, I'd like to thank Coach Stoops and Athletic Director uh, Barnhart for the, you know, at the Kentucky administration, excuse me, with just such an incredible opportunity to bring me here yeah, to Big Blue Nation and, and get this thing done. Just uh, couldn't be more happy. Um, you know, I've always said that it would take really a special job and opportunity for me to leave the Rams. A couple of things have come up the last few years, but uh, being the offensive coordinator at the University of Kentucky is one of those special positions that I just had to take. That had, there was no chance to be able to turn this thing down. And um, just so, ex- so excited to be under the leadership and vision of Coach Stoops, the caliber of players that I'll be able to coach uh, and mentor and be around and learn from every day. It's just such an unbelievable opportunity, as I've mentioned before. And I uh, couldn't be more thankful to be here on this call with you guys today. All right. Thanks, Coach. Well, our first question is from John Hale. Hey, Coach. John Hale with the Louisville Courier-Journal newspaper. I'm curious, how has your offensive philosophy maybe evolved since the last time you were calling plays in college based on what you've learned with Coach McVay and the Rams the last three years? I think that, you know, coming to the NFL, it was always something that, I had always watched NFL football, you know, coaching in college and, and, and you try to get some of these tits and, 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 you know, tidbits and things like that, that you can really pick up. And I believe that truly marrying the run in the past is something that I've learned that is such an advantage in winning edge for us here. And the guys that have just 
being able to, we run the football effectively, but all of our play actions and keepers and movements and things like that are, are directly married to the run game that we were able to utilize here. So I believe that that true marriage uh, and playing with different tempos in and out of the huddle at times, I know that's a foreign world, a foreign language maybe in the SEC, but, you know, maybe playing in and out of the huddle, get, you know, getting some different tempos going and, um, just being able to be the be quarterback friendly, everything starts with the quarterback, but also, you know, it also starts up front and we're going to be able to run the football. And that's something that Sean wants to do on a week to week basis. It's part of our core philosophy is running the football and uh, continue to, you know, I plan to continue to do so at, at Kentucky and, but truly marrying the run in the past, being able to put pressure on the defense and make them defend every blade of grass. Nick Roush. Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. Liam, you mentioned in your, your opening statement um, that it took a unique opportunity. Uh, I mean, it is a pretty sweet gig coaching the Super Bowl for the Rams. What made this um, – what made Kentucky the one that ultimately convinced you to, to make the move? First and foremost, uh, you know, it's the SEC, right? It, it's – if you're not talking about the NFL, you're talking about the SEC in terms of level of play. And – that was something I've, it was always my dream really to get to the national football league in some way, you know, shape or form. And, and that happened and I've had an unbelievable experience, but I believe uh, the uniqueness, the unique situation that it is, is they've been, they've won a lot of football games, you know, Kentucky, we've won a lot of football games. They can run the football, have to improve the pass game. I think that's something I can help with, but also Talking with Coach Stoops, he had this vision from the beginning in terms of what he was looking for, and he didn't stray from it at all. And to me, that speaks volumes about that kind of person. And my dialogue with him is, it has just been amazing. Everything he has said that was going to happen has happened in, in terms of this process. And to me, that speaks more about X's and O's and things like that. This guy is a stand-up guy that I believe um, – I would love to work for, and I work for an amazing human being, not only coach right now, and I believe I'll be doing the same in Kentucky. And to me, that was really the, you know, the selling point was, who am I going to come work for and work with? Hey, the student athletes will be amazing. They're going to do what you're going to ask them to do as long as you show loyalty and give respect to them first and foremost. So I'm truly blessed to be in this, in this position, but it all started with Coach Stoops. Derek Terry. Hey, Liam. Uh, Derek here with the Cat Squads. Mark was talking about some of the references uh, that he had for you, and they were all good, and he felt like he could trust those people. So I was wondering on your end, whenever you were making the decision to, to take this job, who were some of the people that you leaned on for, for advice? Well, I, I was blessed to have a situation where, you know, our offensive line coach, Aaron Cromer, um, is, is close with Coach Stoops. Um, you know, they vacation together. So there was a connection there, Coach Coach Aaron Cromer is really the first guy that kind of put this thing together for me in terms of, hey, this is something that could potentially happen. You know, was able to use him as a character reference for Coach Stoops on my end. And also John Cooley, our, our uh, defensive quality control coach, was a graduate assistant at Kentucky, I believe, in 2016. So I had a couple firsthand experiences with not only Coach Stoops, but also the university, the, 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 the Lexington, the area, Big Blue Nation, all those things were – uh, at my disposal, and, and my agents did a phenomenal job of also doing some research on the situation. But uh, I had some great, great people to be able to talk to that had firsthand experience of the place, and, um, and and that made things a lot easier for me. John Clay. Uh, yeah, coach, it's John Clay with the Lexington Herald Leader, uh, the newspaper in Lexington. Uh, you mentioned about the SEC. Uh, you know, some people are going to say, well, he's 35 years old. He's never called a play in Division One football. Obviously, the SEC is a very tough league. Uh, what do you feel like has prepared you, and do you feel prepared to be able to take over this position? Yeah, first and foremost, a ton of respect for the SEC, obviously. I mean, it's what we – when we turn on film to, to watch college ball and see what guys are doing in, the, in, in college football that we – maybe we can take some bits and pieces from – uh, Steve Sarkeesian or, you know, last year, Joe, Joe Brady and some things like that. We're watching the SEC. So it's, it's a, you know, conference we have a ton of respect for. I personally do growing up a football kid. But um, I've called, I believe if you, you, know, you call plays, I don't know if the, um, 
where it exists, it will really change. The atmosphere sure will change, you know, and I've learned so much more from being a play caller uh, at Maine. So I believe that the, the players will do what they ask you to do if they respect you and they want to play and, and, and they have, you have juice and you bring energy, um, technique and fundamentals. We'll have really good football coaches that'll be at Kentucky. They're already there, but I believe that this system is extremely friendly to this style of play that the SEC is run the football, play action, move the quarterback spot, move the launch spot because the defensive line is so dynamic at that level as it is here. I believe so much of this game here in the NFL carries over to the SEC with obviously some unique, you know, formations, the field's a little bit different, right? A couple of things in the, in the college game that I'll have to adjust to going back to the game. Um, but I do believe that this system uh, and our style of play matched with Coach Stoops' philosophy of what he wants the offense to look like will be a really good match for, for, this, for the conference. Josh Moore. Hey, Liam. Welcome. I'm also with the Lexington Herald Leader. Um, with, as far as the recruiting piece, if, for you kind of getting back in that game, is that something you look forward to? And have you talked with uh, Vince Merrow, the recruiting coordinator, much, and how, how maybe you'll fit into that equation? Yeah, actually, Vince reached out to me just uh, not too long ago. So, and I've only heard unbelievable things from him about him and his experience being a you know top-notch recruiter in, in the country. Uh, I'm I'm jacked up to get back to recruiting. Um, both my parents were teachers. My father was a coach. My grandfather was a coach. And really, you get into this profession, or at least I did, to try to make an impact on kids' lives in some way, shape, or form. You know, try to have some sort, have them take something that you can maybe give them along the way that helps them become better human beings along the way. And um, that's why I got into this profession. I love the X's and O's. I love football, but I do miss some of those relationships, true relationships of impacting 18 to 22 year old kids that are at such an important time in their lives that need some of that, you know, mentorship and, and, and guidance and, and just being a friend and, and just being somebody that can be there for them. And I miss that part. So recruiting, I believe being a 35 year old guy, I'm actually closer in age to some of them than I probably am to some other older coaches in the country. So I believe that can only help me in terms of walking into a household and being able to be honest and, and be myself in terms of, hey, this is what I'm all about. This is what Kentucky football represents. And I'm a representation of Kentucky football. And I believe I can uh, do that to the best of my abilities. Howard Herman. Howard. Hey, congratulations. Um, can you wrap your arms around the journey from Rhode Island to McGurk? And now you're going to be in the SEC. Can you, uh, just your thoughts on that. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. You know, I just got goosebumps thinking about it and just seeing your face, man. It's been so long, you know, covering, you know, just being covered by you. And, and it's been a long time, but it, I, I can't really wrap my head around it right now. It's, it's been, um, it's something that always I, I dreamt of and, and, and foresaw out of my career as you move forward. I, like, you know, I always wanted to play at the next level. Didn't get that opportunity. Had a great, you know, had a great college experience. And I always thought that that was kind of going to be it, but I knew I would coach. Um, and once you get into the profession, you just, you never know how it's going to really end up and sell how many of the pieces. And I've just been under Mark Whipple and Phil Estes at Brown and some of the other guys that have really paved the way for me as a coach to get the opportunity to come to the Rams was just like, Oh my goodness, this is, phenomenal right and then now to be able to be coming to the one of the most you know the, the top division co conference in college football at a place like Kentucky um it's just a dream come true you know it's a dream come true I've been uh my you know my dad is my best friend and, and he's so excited for this opportunity as is the rest of my family but to put this thing in perspective to have so many UMass guys reach out to me over the last 24 hours um, to have Brad White, the defensive coordinator there, be a high school rival of mine. And it's just so many pieces that come together are just uh, make this truly that much more special. Kent Spencer. Yeah, Liam, you said the offense, you know, everything kind of starts with the quarterback. Um, what do you know about the quarterbacks that you're going to inherit, you know, at Kentucky? And also you mentioned the fit. How vital was it for you, like, 
was it crucial that you and, and Mark Stoops were on the same page with what you guys and, and what you wanted to do offensively? That, that was the, the most important part, I believe. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily about plays. It's definitely more about players. We all know that. It's not X's and O's. It's G.I. Joe's. So fitting out in terms of, hey, what, what do we want to look like? What, do we, what, what pieces do we have here in place? And I believe that there's pieces in place in terms of the quarterback position. I'm not too positive. You know, I have seen a couple of the guys. You know, I know that uh, the incumbent – Quarterback is going to, you know, more of a running quarterback and things like that. And got the Auburn transfer quarterback, Bo Allen, got a couple guys that I've seen play. And I believe that, hey, it's not about them fitting to, to this system. It's about me fitting to their skill sets. And I believe that for every position. I can't come in and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And I'm not going to budge. You need to fit into what I want you to do. No, no, no. It's about personnel and trying to find what these guys do best. And I, when I met with Coach Stoops on the interview, they did so many good things over the last couple of years, specifically running the football. And that's not going to change. I'll run the same plays, the same concepts, things that they've done really well. Um, it's just about, hey, how can we tweak some of this stuff and incorporate some of these concepts from the Rams to really, hey, detail up some of the pass game, the marriage of the run in the past, but also – They've done some phenomenal things. Their O-line was so well coached by an unbelievable person from what I understand and um, just such an unfortunate situation. But you see their O-line, they play their butts off. They're competitive. The run game, running backs are tough. So there's exciting pieces that um, I need to fit my plan to, not the other way around. John Hale. Liam, you mentioned Brad White there. I can't imagine there have been many Power 5 football programs in the country with two coordinators from Rhode Island before. What is the relationship there? How, how long have you known him? What, what is that? How about that? I mean, there, there's not – I think there's about three or four in NFL or Division One football. You know, I mean, there's, there's not too many. So, honestly, it's, a, it's pretty funny. Brad and I don't really truly know each other personally. Like, I, don't, I didn't have his phone number until today. Or, and, um, but I remember what jersey number Brad White wore. Or two of them. I remember his big neck roll that he wore at Bishop Hendrickson High School. So, I was about a – I think I was a eighth grader when he was a senior at, Hendrick, at Bishop Hendrickson. I was at, went to LaSalle Academy, which is – two rival private Catholic high schools in Rhode Island. And I just always respected him as a player. I was like, you know, this kid's a stud, you know, he's a stud and went on to play at Wake Forest. I followed his career onto the Colts and Air Force. And so I've always followed him, but we have never truly connected um, on a personal or professional level. But I've just heard unbelievable things about him from everybody that's uh, I've been able to talk to. It's just small world, man, you know, such a small world, how these things work out and, um, I'm just really excited to get to work with him. Mark Story. Hey, Liam, Mark Story, also from the Lexington Herald Leader. A couple of things. What do you value in quarterback play? When you're evaluating a quarterback, you know, what are the first things you look at? And secondly, how much uh, quarterback run game do you envision uh, using at Kentucky? First and foremost, is the kid a competitor? You know, does he just absolutely cannot stand to lose? Because everybody likes to win, right? Everybody loves winning. But if the kid will just compete his tail off on every snap, don't lose, don't concede unless, hey, it's a smart play, let's throw it away. But it's more about, hey, is this kid a competitor? Can he play hoops? Can he walk onto the basketball court and be a distributor and be able to play, make plays? And Does he walk onto any field or anything that he does and just not want to lose? I think that first and foremost is something that when you're around a guy like Jared Goff and and some of the other guys I've coached, but specifically Jared, and he missed a throw. I mean, he, you're ticked off, you know, and, and things like that. I want him to be able to compete every single day, every single drill, things like that. And then obviously be able to throw and catch, right? It doesn't need, he doesn't have to have a big arm. Accuracy is the most important. We can always fix the feet. So we always work on his footwork. It all starts from the ground up with the quarterback in terms of footwork, how to be able to throw the football, and obviously his mental capacity, right? I mean, you want the, you'd like for your quarterback to be able to, you know, handle some things, maybe some audibles, things like that, to be able to, you know, the capacity to be able to handle those things. And um, in terms of, uh, I just feel like that's probably what we're looking for. 
be able to run the football, the more athletic he can be, the better. I mean, if the quarterback can run and be able to make plays, we will absolutely incorporate quarterback run game. I believe that it's important in the college level as it is. It causes everybody in the NFL fits, as you guys can see on Sundays with Lamar Jackson last night. It causes people fits. Um, so if that's what we have and that's the best guy, we will absolutely do some of those things as long as it's in alignment with with Coach Stoops wants and, and, and foresees out of his offense. But ideally, we'd like to find somebody that can is a true passer first, but can also extend plays and, and make some plays, um, you know, out of the pocket or you know extend plays on third and 10. I, I call a play for man and it's zone and well, shoot, it doesn't matter. The kid's just going to make a play and find a completion and move the chains and be situationally aware. So it really depends on the talent and what we have and who really uh, shows up to be the guy in that room. But um, all avenues are open in my opinion. Nick Roush. I mean, you're going to be with the Rams through until the season ends. How, What's the, going to be the process of getting to know uh, the team and, until you do make the move to Lexington? Probably a lot like this, I would think. You know, I mean, I think probably get on Zoom, get on some phone calls. I mean, I've already started to plan out some things in terms of staff getting on some Zoom calls, have some staff meetings to in, start to, intro, to introduce the offense. Um, and, and that's really – if I have to fly out there and come out and be able to do some things, maybe I'll have to do that. I, you know, that's something I'll work out with, with Coach Stoops. But – um, it, it, these are different times, right? It is a totally different time, but um, I believe that this is an avenue that we're gonna we all use, and, and it's our form of communication right now. So, uh, for the most part, right now, I'm sure those things will be done over Zoom. But um, being able to meet the players is, is obviously what I'm most excited about. You know, I love being able to get together staff. I've met some of those guys already, but really being able to meet some of these players. Uh, get into the quarterback room, jump on a Zoom with those guys, get on, you know, with the offense, the entire offense unit. I know some of those guys, you know, they don't go back to school until about January 26th or so. So, um, you know, hopefully I'd like to be back for that. Hopefully we're in the Super Bowl. But um, in, in the meantime, you know, just to be able to use some of these, uh, the technology that we have at our, at our disposal to, to get some of those conversations and dialogue going. Aaron Gershon. Liam, Aaron Gershon, Big Blue Insider. You guys are obviously looking to improve the pass game, but how important is it to maintain the success uh, UK's had running the ball the last couple of years, specifically with some of the running backs you're expected to get back? It's so important. It all starts there. I mean, the, the quarterback, we all know, I mean, I believe is the most important position in sports. I believe that. But when you're looking at an, off, at an offense and, and who to really protect and, and you want to gear your skill sets towards these guys, is it's the quarterback and the offensive line. If you look at some of the, you know, being able to run the football, put your, put your offense in good position, run good plays in a smart looks, whether that's with zone read, whether that's with RPOs, or whether that's with an audible system. Try to put your players in the best chance, to, you know, opportunity to be successful. And I believe they've done a phenomenal job at that. I mean, just uh, you see the physicality up front. Uh, you see the backs making plays. It's a sound uh, run game that they've had for the last couple of years. And, and that's something I don't plan on changing. Hey, maybe we jump on their center a couple of times here and there um, and, and, and run a, maybe diversify the run game a little bit in terms of some of the things that I've learned here uh, at, at, with the Rams. But I do believe it's going to all start with, Hey, we're going to, when we snap out of the huddle, the first thing the defensive line, the defense sees is the offensive line attacking the line of scrimmage when you break the huddle. And, and if that tempo and that's something that's, you know, we have respect for and we appreciate and we know there's a winning edge for us, I believe that we'll have some success. I think you caught on me, Susan. You're muted. Um, the, your reputation as a player, uh, quite a, you know, a college resume there. I don't know how much people, you know, bring that up, but I assume that's something your quarterbacks that you'll inherit will be pretty excited to see, you know, you know, just those numbers and that kind of production. I mean, as Howard can maybe attest to, I was pretty deadly within like 30. And as you start to move past that, I started to lose a little bit of juice on the arm, but I was so lucky to be coached by Don Brown, who's the defensive coordinator at Michigan. And, 
Um, Victor Cruz was my college roommate. So um, I had some really good players around that, that made things easy and, and that made things really fun. We won a lot of games, lost in the national championship game in Chattanooga, at, in Chattanooga against Appalachian State. So I played down in Kentucky now. I mean, that area, you know, that Chattanooga, Tennessee, Kentucky, Midwest area. I played down there. So um, didn't have a lot of success. But uh, I do believe that it helps. You know, I believe it helps when you can um, have respect for your, for your coach. Because at the end of the day, as a player, right, you have to look at yourself. You always want to play for yourself. You play for your teammates, you know, family. You play for your coaches. I do believe when you look at your coach and you know he's been there before and he's done what you're doing and what you're going through in terms of being a student athlete at this level, I believe it, it helps bridge the gap. You know, I, help, I do believe it helps bridge the gap in terms of building relationships and, and, and continuing that ongoing communication and dialogue that will ultimately lead to more wins and championships. Um, I can still throw it a little bit, you know, I can still throw it a little bit, but um, you know, in terms of just, uh, I feel like that can only help, you know, in terms of uh, standing back there. I've stood back there before and made throws and there's some instances where a, a quarterback may make a, may not make a throw or make a throw and some, well, why'd he do this? this guy's wide open. Well, when you stood back there and you can see it from that lens, a lot of times it helps the quarterback. Oh, oh yeah, he's, he understands. And it helps build that trust in terms of, okay, he's not going to just, you know, get after me when I miss a wide open player because that might not have been part of the progression. That may not have been part of it. it he might not have been able to see it. Things like that. I feel like that's my job to, to help bridge that gap and open that line of communication. Jeff Drummond. Hey, Liam, congratulations and uh, welcome to Kentucky. Thank you. I'm, I'm curious, play action has come up a, a lot between uh, you and Mark Stoops uh, during our talks today. And uh, having watched the Rams a little bit and what you guys have done with, you know, Higby and uh, in the past, I think you guys threw to the backs a little bit more maybe than what you're doing now. But how, how big a part of that is is having, you know, tight ends and, and running backs that can, can catch and make some things happen in your offense? It's huge, like you said. I mean, it, it, it's a big deal. Higby, Gerald Everett, you know, we got Cam Akers going right now. They're a vital part of this whole thing, not just in the run game, like you mentioned. The play-action pass, the screen game will be huge, the screen game off of the play-action pass, all of that stuff and trying to get the, the ball into the hands as many players as we can. I mean, it's great to have skill on the outside. We love, the, you know, love those guys. Get the ball into your playmaker's hands as much as possible. But we all know that there's mismatches, right? There's matchups that you can take advantage of that aren't just out there. You know, cornerback on a receiver. Well, hey, let's get a linebacker on a tight end. Let's get a let's displace the back and get him matched up on a tight on a, a linebacker. Excuse me. Being able to utilize all of the matchups. The NFL is such a matchup league. You know, when you play man to man, you get matchups all over the place, and you have to be able to win one on ones at this level. And I believe that's at editing level. So to be able to utilize the tight ends in some of the keeper game, the bootlegs, uh, utilizing the backs in the screen game and in some of the drop back game, whether it be an empty or displacing the back some, I believe that can definitely help the offense and be able to get the ball into some of the playmakers' hands. I've seen some of these tight ends on tape and I've seen the backs on tape a little bit. Playmakers for sure, some guys that you can distribute the football. I believe it was against the Arizona Cardinals two weeks ago. Um, we, we had nine players touch to catch the ball the other nights, you know, against the Cardinals. So be able to distribute the football. The quarterback should act like a point guard, not just throwing the receivers. Let's get the ball into some of our playmakers' hands. John Clay. Yeah, Liam, I was curious. So what's it been like working for Coach McVay? And are there one or two things specifically that you have picked up from him uh, during your time there in L.A.? I mean, first and foremost, when you step into the building – you feel the energy, right? It's a place that you truly love coming to work for, work at every day. I mean, you don't get into this profession to get, you know, a pat on the butt, right? And to hear somebody say, you know, you're doing a great job. That's not why we do this, right? It's not why we do it, but it is nice to hear. And that's something that I feel he does such an amazing job at is making his coaches feel appreciated genuinely. And that's just, uh, he, he knows everybody's name in the building, the chefs, the, you know, the, the cleaning staff, the, 
everybody, he knows everybody in the building's name, calls everybody on a first name basis, tries to, you know, really ingrate, you know, get himself into everything that's going on in this building. And he has so much to do. He's our offense coordinator. He does all these things. He knows the defense and he just, he's different. There's no question. He's a different breed, but he's a, he's an unbelievable person. And that's where, to me, I've learned that, you know, this, this profession when you're in college or a place I've been before is, you know, discipline, hard work, all that stuff is extremely necessary, but Hey, let's have open dialogue. You know, this isn't my way or the highway dictatorship stuff. Let's collaborate on this thing. What's best for us as an offense to be able to collaborate on and do together. And, and that's the type of thing he gives our players ton of autonomy. Hey, what do you want to call this? How do you want to run that? You feel more comfortable doing it this way. Now these guys are pros. So some of that stuff is they've been doing for years, but I do believe when your players have ownership of what they're doing, whether it's conceptually, fundamentally, or Hey, just maybe coming up with a name of a play, they're going to want to run that play a little bit harder and do their job to the best of their ability. Maybe just a little bit more because there's that much more invested on their side not just say, this is what to do, go do it. Being able to collaborate, all of us, everybody in it together, uh, and just treating people the right way. You know, really energy, excitement, juice, but also it's not fake on, on his, you know, from him. It's real. And um, it, it's the atmosphere that he creates. We all feel the same way. And I hope to be able to bring some of that, you know, energy and enthusiasm to Kentucky. Okay, we have time for three more. We're going to do Nick, then Terry, then Josh. So, Nick, we'll start with you. Nick Roush. Sorry, I didn't mean to have my hand up there. Okay, then we'll go to Josh. Well, Derek, did you have a question? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, Liam, Mark said the two positions that really needed to focus on uh, in the offense as quarterback and wide receiver, and obviously you've coached both those spots with the Rams. Just how much do you think that experience will help you uh, once you get to Lexington? Uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, being a quarterback my entire life, I've only played quarterback really as a player, only coached it you know, in my previous tenure uh, at other places. But when I got here and got into the receiver's room, uh, the level of respect, number one, that I learned to have for those guys, especially the guys that we have here in this building – uh, that are so selfless, able to run, you know, run block, screens, things like that. Um, I've learned so much technique from Eric Yarbrough, our, our receivers coach. He's just a phenomenal football coach, great person. Just being able to learn some of the techniques and, and, and little things that help these guys maybe get open, give them a little bit of a tip on how to beat man coverage or how to settle versus zone coverage. Just little details that I've learned along the way in terms of these last couple of years coaching some of these special players that, that we have here in Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson, had Brandon Cooks before. I mean, th these are guys that I was learning from every single day, things that made them great. I was able to jot down on notepad. So things, some of those things that I'm able to take in terms of, hey, how can we make this play and this concept or this player just that much better in terms of just, hey, let's tighten up the details and technique and fundamentals um, and then obviously being in the quarterback room, being with an, a, a Pro Bowl quarterback like Jared Goff. I mean, working with Kevin O'Connell, who's, who's our offensive coordinator, um, just continuing to advance in terms of, hey, what's the quarterback's preparation every week? What are his week, you know, daily notes for practice? You know, give him notes every single day. How did he do in practice? What are the things that we can improve on? What's the area of emphasis of the, of the day? Red zone, third down get back on track. What are these situations that we need to prepare the quarterback for every single day in his preparation for Saturday? I believe that my preparation as a coach has only, you know, expanded over the last year working with the quarterbacks, but also seeing what it really entails to, to play quarterback at this level. Okay. Last question is with Josh Moore. Liam, I, I asked this of recruits and players that have been through the program a lot and, you know, about their, like, impressions of Kentucky, you know, kind of growing up and how the program has evolved. For you, what what is your just – what do you want to achieve as far as getting, you know, con you know contributing to that evolution? Because I think that's kind of the thing that a lot of fans want to 
um, see happen. I mean, I grew up watching college football and, and football in general, right? And, and I've read all of Mike Leach's books, How Mummy, Tim Couch, Daryl Lorenz, and some of these guys I've watched and, and I've emulated Tim Couch. Like, I, I wanted to be Tim Couch. Like, I really loved him and, and, and just some of the – being a part of all these former unbelievable quarterbacks and running backs that have led the SEC in rushing and, and just being a part of something that has such rich tradition. Um, and, and you look – the way college football is going and you see the facility, the brand new, you know, the facility built in 2016. I mean, some of those things that you're just like, man, this is a special place in terms of what they're willing to do for the student athlete. And um, that's our jobs is to try to make an impact on the student athletes lives. And I believe that just really coaching in the SEC against some of the respecting the opponents that we play. Uh, you know, I have a ton of respect for all those guys and watching them as a kid growing up. So um, I, I was the type of kid that watched more college football and wanted to be more into the college world than I did the pro game. My dad was a college football coach. So that was really where my passion was. Uh, my grandfather played at Boston College, was a captain there. So everything was about college football. And um, I, I knew once I went to the NFL that I would eventually come back at some point. It was just a matter of the right situation. So um, just being a part of just listening to Coach Stoops, the way he interacts with his staff and, and the way he has interacted with me so far, I believe just coming to a place like Lexington that has unbelievable just sports, right? Just a sports place. Uh, I know, you know, Calipari is a UMass guy, shout out. And, and just being a part of Lexington in, in, in Kentucky and just being a part of all the the juice and enthusiasm. I mean, I've, been, I've looked at a couple of houses, there's blue everywhere and curtains are blue and things like that. I'm like, man, these people are crazy, but it's awesome. Like, this is great. Um, you just, you can't be more excited about uh, joining a place that truly is passionate about their university. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Kevin Modesti of the Los Angeles Daily News. Appreciate him being on the podcast to give us some insight into the Rams offense. I appreciate everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. You remember you can get a sports-only subscription, uh, digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our UK football, UK basketball, our UK recruiting, high schools, columns from Mark Story and myself. You get all of that, $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on that subscribe button, and check out all of our subscription offers at Kentucky.com. And like I said, uh, we sure do appreciate everybody who supports our work. I appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast and subscribes to the podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, tuned in google podcasts and you can also find it on iheart radio podcast uh, thanks everybody who has left us a rating and reserve and review that really helps us get the word out again thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast look for my column on uh on liam cohen that is on kentucky.com right now you can follow me on twitter at john clay iv and thanks again we'll be talking to you again soon